0: Our text this morning comes from 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 12 through 14. Peter wrote this, Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them, and be established in the present truth. Yea, I think it meet as long as I am in this tabernacle to stir you up, by putting you in remembrance, knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle, even as the Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. In verses 5 through 7 of this first chapter in Peter's second epistle, Peter identified for us a seven-step process that the believer is to develop in his individual life that will bring us to maturity and to a greater ability to function in our daily lives as well as to carry out our design in his master plan for our own personal involvement in ministry. Now in verses 12, 13, and 14, Peter tells us that it's his intent to constantly remind us of these principles during his ministry. And that becomes more urgent as he recognizes the time of his departure is approaching rapidly. Peter believed that it's vital that he instill these basic principles of living the Christian life into the mind and the hearts of those that are believers during his ministry. As a matter of fact, I, like Peter, am a firm believer in the old adage that repetition... Brings retention. As a matter of fact. I used to carry in my pocket. My suit pocket. A note. And that note said. It was from one of members of my. Congregation at that particular time. And he said. If you quote Romans 8.28. One more time. I'm going to throw up. So I. Kept the note. In my coat pocket. And as is my tendency from time to time to put my hand in my pocket, I would find the, that note and I would be reminded to tell them once again the great promise that God causes all things to work together for good. He never did throw up in my presence, but he did some growing up, I think, in the process. Repetition does bring retention. And it's the retention that we're looking for that changes our lives and strengthens us. I've I've got a pocket full of napkins instead of that note with me uh, today, but uh, I passed it from suit to suit on Sunday morning, made sure that I got that in the pocket. Uh, He at first thought it was out of rebellion. And he might have been right. There's a bit of that in my genetic connection. But, uh, he came to appreciate the reality of the fact over a period of time. So bear with me. And Peter and I are going to work together in this epistle to remind you of the provision that God has made so that we can live life to its fullest and most important of all it is at its fullest when we are living according to the design that he has both for our individual well-being and for our contribution to the kingdom of god paul was also a great believer in repetition Uh, even uh, in one passage in Philippians chapter 3, verse 1, saying, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord to write the same things to you. To me, indeed, is not irksome, but it is a safeguard for you. And so we find the Apostle Paul in a repetitious um, time uh, as well during his earthly ministry to Establish the points to understand the provision and most of all to encourage the congregation to join in these principles that God has set forth for us to live life. And so Paul or Peter begins this 12th verse, wherefore I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things though you know them, and that you might be established in the present truth. Because of these things, that word wherefore means because of these things. What things? The seven basic principles that Peter outlines in this epistle that are necessary for us to develop maturity in our Christian walk and are beneficial for our performing the service that God has given us. Peter said, first of all, make it a principle to us to exhibit all earnestness and haste to fully supply in the sphere of your faith, faith in the great and valuable promises of God to develop that moral behavior which will acquire for us the highest opinion. Within faith, in the promises of God, we are to develop that moral behavior. And then Peter said, in the sphere of that moral behavior that will acquire for us the highest opinion, then we are to develop the process of studying the Word of God. Unfortunately, all too many Christians never get to that third stage where they develop the process for studying and therefore knowing and being able to apply the principles of the Word of God. But Peter encourages us that within that sphere of moral behavior, we are to develop then that program, that process of Knowing the Word, studying the Word, mixing that Word with faith so we can apply it to our lives. And then, Peter said, within that sphere of studying the Word of God, we are to fully develop a self-controlled will. Through the Word of God, we learn the processes whereby we can walk in fellowship with God, we understand the will of God, through our study of the Word of God, and therefore we are able to bring our old nature under control and make right choices and live according to the right pattern. So within that sphere of studying the Word, we are to fully develop a self-controlled will, understanding that we do have a choice when it comes to sin. Within that sphere, Peter said, of a self-controlled will, we are to fully develop a contentment regardless of our circumstances. We can certainly evaluate just where we are in the process as we see this move from one step to the other and more constricting way of life and one that is designed by God for our greater happiness within the sphere of a self controlled will we are to develop a contentment regardless of the circumstances and then Peter said within that sphere of contentment regardless of the circumstances we are to fully develop a Godward attitude. That is, an attitude that does that which is pleasing to God. That will then lead us, Peter says, to the next stage for within that sphere of understanding and uh, having a Godward attitude that does that which is pleasing to God, we are to fully develop a responsive love for others. And then, within that sphere of a responsive love, we are to move into a more constraining way of life, and that is uh, we are to fully develop a self-sacrificial love that manifests itself in giving and continues to love regardless of the response. Those are the principles that Peter sets forth in his second epistle, as he is about to depart and go to be with the Lord, he sets these forth as guidelines, as a process, as the mechanics by which we are to develop our spiritual maturity, to experience the fullness that God has for us in this life, And to live out the design that he has for us as believers. So Peter says, because of these things, uh, I will not be negligent to put you in remembrance. Actually, he says, because of these things, I intend to you, I make it my purpose to constantly remind you. We are in need of a continual reminder of who we are in Christ. We need a continual reminder of the promises of God, the provision that He has made for us and assured us of. We need to understand our ability to have a victory over the old nature because now we have a choice and we can be controlled by the Holy Spirit and then that puts us in a realm of spiritual thinking so that we are under a, we are able to understand spiritual phenomena, spiritual truth. And then that follows, Peter says, by our being able to control our actions based upon our study of the Word of God so that we are able to develop that contentment And have that right, that Godward attitude that understands our purpose for living is to carry out His message, to glorify Him, to fulfill our role. So Peter said, because of these things, I make it my purpose to constantly remind you of those things, these things. And then he says, though You know them already. I won't do an oral quiz this morning and see how many of you can identify and name for uh, each of us those seven basic steps. It's our objective for them to become a pattern of life for you. And uh, that's the purpose of the repetition on the part of Peter. And certainly I follow that as I go through this epistle and seek to get that message home. But how well we know these is going to set the stage for the comfort and the peace, the joy, the contentment regardless of circumstances, and an understanding of our purpose of being here and our purpose of living. Peter says, I know you know these things. Peter had taught them before. Paul had exposed them to these things as well. They were certainly part of the message that Jesus had imparted to the twelve. But he said, I make it my purpose to constantly remind you As a matter of principle, because even though I know that you as a matter of principle have observed these things and have now been made to fully understand what these things are, nevertheless, it's my purpose to remind you of these things. He follows with an urgency of that by saying, that these things are abiding in you in truth. And so verse 12 should read, Because of these things I intend to make it a purpose to constantly remind you invariably concerning these things, though you as a matter of principle have observed and now know them fully having as a matter of principle been confirmed in the sphere of this specific truth, which as a matter of principle continually abides with you. Why? After Peter acknowledges they fully know these things and they are applying them, why is he so fixed on continuing to remind them of these things. Well, certainly we live in a world of influence about us. Our community, our companionship, our exposure to society as well is a constant challenge against these principles because the principles that we are looking at that Peter has identified that Peter is taught before and now is affirming again and is pledging to continually affirm till he's gone is because of the spiritual warfare in which we're involved. And if you miss one of those steps in the process of your living out the design that God has for us, then you throw the whole process into uh, a major distortion of that which God has provided for us. So Peter says, because of these things, I intend to make it my purpose to constantly remind you invariably concerning these things, though you as a matter of principle have observed and now know them fully having as a matter of principle been confirmed in the sphere of this specific truth, which as a matter of principle, continually abides with you. He that knows to do good and does it not, the Scripture says, is sin. There is a need for us to be encouraged. That's why we're told in the Scripture, forsake not the assembling of yourselves as the matter of some is, But do that more frequently as you see the day approaching. Kind of interesting to see that as far as most of Christianity is concerned, there is an awareness that that day is approaching. But there is less attendance. There is less study of the Word. There is less surrender to the Holy Spirit in this particular church age period than any previous church age period that we have experienced. We're truly living in that uh, little the sin period of, of church history and the apathetic and indifference that we see going on today. We become tolerant is the term that we use And the term that we need to use is negligent rather than power. So Peter affirms there is a need for us to review these things continually and for each believer then to adopt these principles within their own life. In verse 13, he continues this thought. He said, Yea, I think it meet as long as I am in this tabernacle to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. Once again, the word gay is actually the word that we get our English word but from. It's a conjunction of contrast. But the particular grammatical structure and the syntax here It should be translated, but indeed, with an emphasis upon the urgency of indeed, I think it me, as long as I am in this tabernacle to put you in remembrance. He said, I I think it. That word in the Greek means, I keep on considering it, And then he uses that word meat. Diakion is the Greek word that's used. And it means in conformity with the plan. That it fits into the plan of God. Indeed, he said, I keep on considering it in conformity with the plan of God as long as I am in this tabernacle. He's not speaking of a church building. Some congregations have identified their place of worship as a tabernacle, going back to the Old Testament concept. While the children of Israel were in the wilderness, they had a tabernacle. A tabernacle is a temporary dwelling place. And uh, the word tent is... Often, uh, derived from that word, uh, in the Hebrew. And, uh, it's simply identifying a temporary place of residence, dwelling place. And Peter identifies a point that we need to recognize and relate to in our own walk. I think it conforming to the plan of God Peter says, so long as I continue to be in this specific tabernacle, in this specific temporary dwelling place. He wants the believer to understand that aspect of theology that he accepts as a fact and emphasizes to them that our living... Here in this life, we live in a temporary building, in a temporary house. This is temporary. It wears out. I'm being reminded of that from day to day with a little more urgency than in the past. But it it wears out. But it's not designed to be forever. It's designed by our Lord and Savior and God the Father and revealed through the Holy Spirit is designed as a temporary place and it's designed to wear out. It's designed to grow old. But the real ego, the real id, the real uh, individual simply resides and the soul does not die. We are going to have an eternal life uh, with Christ, or we're going to spend an eternity in a devil's hell, a lake of fire and burning brimstone, based upon the choice and the decisions that we make here upon the earth. And of course, it's one specific choice, and that is to receive Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. So Peter said, I am in this temporarily... A temporary dwelling place and it's he uses that word specific he identifies specifically that it is the design of God and the plan of God that we have a temporary dwelling the real person is going to be forever either with God or in the lake of fire and brimstone and the choice is given to everyone And the price has been paid by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in such a way that we have free access to that eternalness with God by simply calling upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, it's my continuing purpose then. As long as I am in this specific temporary Tabernacle, this temporary dwelling place, this physical body to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. To stir. Those two words identify then Peter's objective in the repetitiousness of reminding them of these things. The Greek word dagairim means to continuously make it my purpose to awaken you from sleep. He just told them and us through written letter that we had been taught these things, that we understood these things, that they were residing in us. And now he comes along and says, but I'm going to continually make it my purpose to stir you up. That word means to continuously make it my purpose to awaken you from sleep. So it's possible to be able to quote all seven of these things and even define them for others, as they relate, and still go to sleep in the midst of the application of it. To stir you up. In the translation that I've given you in the study guide, it said, continuously make it my purpose. That make it my purpose is revealed to us through the pen of Peter as he wrote because he uses this word, it is an infinitive, and an infinitive is designed to denote purpose or to reveal purpose. Here's my purpose. I'm not irked by having to repeat it, and I hope that you stop being irked by my repeating it, but we need to wake up. You need to Awaken from sleep. And that awakening comes, Peter says, is my continual purpose to awaken you from sleep by putting you in remembrance. That word by is actually translated from the preposition which means by means of it's the instrument that is available to us by means of and it identifies a specific static position. So Peter is not saying that I need to wake you up every Sunday. I need to wake you up every on every occasion. He said, I need to wake you up so that you take a permanent stance. You find a permanency in your remembering these things. That word... Remember is translated from the Greek noun "hupo sake. and uh, it identifies for us. Then that word "hupo" is the word the preposition means under, and uh, so that they might constantly be under this reminder, that they might constantly be remembering that they might stay awake and understand then the process of our growing up into Christ in all things. Verse 13 should read this way. Indeed, I keep on considering it in conformity with the plan so long as I am in the sphere of this designed temporary dwelling to continuously make it my purpose to awaken you from sleep by means of a reminder. And then he moves on to verse 14. Knowing that shortly I must put off this tabernacle even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. That word knowing is translated from the Greek word "idos." It's actually a participle which identifies a principle. Let me elaborate on that. This means then having made it a principle, to know fully as a result of observation with the result that I continue to know fully. How do you get all that out of one word? Well, that's the marvel of the Koine Greek language and the design of God to have his word written in such a manner that We can't exhaust it, and we can know definitively what he is setting forth for us. Peter has an awareness. He has actually made it a principle to know fully as a result of observation. There are a handful of Greek words that are translated by the word know in your English Bible. Five basic ones and then various uh, arrangements of those words themselves. But this word means to know by observing. Not to know by book learning, not to know by by preaching, but to know by observation. I... Have shared with some of you in the past, I got a call from my daughter one morning. And she said, Dad, I, I'm going to a ladies Bible study. And, uh, and I got a problem with a passage here where when Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice, when, when God stopped him, God said, to Abraham, now I know that you believe. I thought God was omnipresent. I thought he was omniscient. I thought he was everywhere all the time. I thought he knew everything all the time. Why did he just stay here, now I know? When Abraham had conformed and was going to take the life of his son, as instructed by God, and God stayed his hand, Now, he says, now I know. And I said, well, what's the problem? You know, you've got to play the advocate. And she said, well, the problem is, God is omniscient. Didn't he always know? And so I messed with her mind a little bit, just as a father is inclined to do. And she said, Dad, I've got to go. I've got to go lead this Bible study. I need to know. And I said, look up the word no. You got a strong concordance. What word is translated no there? Is it gnosis? Is it epinosis? Or could it be a dial? i said god's word is technical and in that technicalness of god's word is specific god always knew in his omniscience the decision that abraham would make now he has observed it visible the word means to know as a result of observation that's the word that Peter uses then when he said, I know by observation that I'm going to have to put off this earthen tabernacle before long. Must have noticed it when he was shaving, combing his hair that was getting thinner. He had observed that. He wasn't going to live in this earthen tabernacle forever, but he was about to put it off. Now his observation is made a little more obvious because he says, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. You may remember that Jesus had revealed to Peter Before he ascended, Jesus revealed to Peter that he was going to die for the cause of Christ. And certainly that had been driven home at that particular point in his ministry when he's arrested. It won't be long before he is going to be executed. He knows that execution is coming up. This is the last epistle the last written word we have from him. And so he said, uh, I've made it a principle to fully know as a result of observation with the result that I continue to know fully that shortly I must put off my tabernacle. It keeps on being this specific tabernacle that I must put off. This temporary dwelling place that I must shortly put off even as our Lord Jesus Christ has shown me. Lord, emphasizing the deity of this God-man, Jesus, the humanity of this incarnation in Christ the role of messiahship or savior role that he had. He said, the Lord Jesus Christ hath showed me clearly. So verse 14 should read this way. Having made it a principle, Peter talking about his departure, having made it a principle to know fully as a result of observation with the result that I continue to know fully that it keeps on being uh, that the putting off of this specifically designed temporary dwelling place will be soon, as indeed the Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. So Peter identifies a purpose of his ministry is to constantly remind believers of the principles that are identified in verses 5, 6, and 7. Make it a principle to exhibit all earnestness and haste to fully supply in the sphere of your faith and the great and valuable promises of God that moral behavior which will acquire for me or for us the highest opinion. That moral behavior is produced in our life when we are controlled by the Holy Spirit. In the sphere of that moral behavior that will acquire for us the highest opinion, we are to fully supply the process, the process of studying the Word of God. In the sphere of the process of studying the Word of God, we are to fully supply a self-controlled will. In the sphere of that self-controlled will, we are to fully supply a contentment no matter what the circumstances might be. And in the sphere of that contentment regardless of the circumstances, we are to provide then an attitude that does that which is pleasing to God. In the sphere of that consistency of duty that we develop under our yieldness to God, then we are to develop that attitude in a contentment to develop that attitude. And then in the sphere of that attitude, we are able to develop brotherly love. And in the sphere of brotherly love, we're able to develop a self-sacrificial love. Now these reminders, Peter says, are to continue to be given, continue to be emphasized, even though we knew these things fully from personal observation these truths, had been confirmed to those to whom Peter is writing in the sphere of this truth which was constantly abiding in them. Peter considered it a purpose of his ministry. As long as he remained in the flesh, which he identified as being specifically designed as a temporary dwelling, To remind them of these things. These reminders were designed to awaken them from their sleep. So there's an urgency with Peter concerning this ministry. Because the Lord Jesus Christ had made it clear to him that he would soon be leaving that specifically designed temporary dwelling place. I received a telephone call from a pastor in Southern California when we had the Bible College and Seminary in Oxnard. He said, Pastor, could I set up an appointment with you? There's an urgent matter that I need to discuss with you. He identified himself as pastor of the church in Bell, California, and that he has, was a Filipino, and that he had pastored churches in the Philippines, now was at Bell, but needed to talk with me with some urgency. And so we set up an appointment and he came. And he said, Pastor, I want to partner with Channel Islands Bible College and Seminary. Because I made a commitment to God. To train 100 pastors. Before I die. And we need to be careful. Of making promises to God. And setting it. Before I die. When we don't have control. Of that. Always. But he said. And, and I'm running out of time. I only have 15 years left. And I said. 15 years years left. Yeah. I said, have you had some some kind of disease or some kind of medical situation that has given 15 years? I've never heard that long a time being projected by a doctor. And he said, no, the Bible. The Bible says the span of a man's life is three score and ten. The score is 20, plus 70 years. So he said, I'm 55, so I have 15 years to get it done. And I said, well, we'll be glad to work with you and help you in that commitment to God. But uh, if you're going to take that literal, then I disappeared three years ago. (laughs) I'm living on borrowed time. He said, but the Bible says, and I said, yeah, the Bible says the span of a man's life is three score ten. The Bible always also says in the commandment to honor your father and mother, you can lengthen the days of your life. And that there are certain commands that that you ignore that shorten the days of your life. That's a general statement God has set up for us. That's the span of a man's life, but he has given us means by which we can extend it or shorten it. Well, he when he found out I was 73, <laughs> he said, Have you got somebody to carry this on when you're gone? We've got to get this. <laughs> you could be going today. Well, it's God's program and it's God's plan, and we'll let God work out the details. Somebody said that devil or in, is in the details, but that's not true. It's God's one that's in the details. So he went, and he's training. I don't know how many he's trained. I ought to check with him and see how much longer he's got to live. But uh, he resigned a, a large church in Bell, California. Went to the Philippines without any salary. He thought he was going to have a salary when he got there, but it didn't develop. He stayed there and began to train preachers to preach the Word and teach them the Word so they could preach it. We don't know what our span of life is going to be. Uh, the number of each one of us is set with God, and God has that date. I've known a few people that have tried to inquire of God and get the date, but uh, we won't by faith not by sight. So, there might be some urgency in praying that my temporary dwelling be abandoned before too long so that you don't constantly hear this reminder. But till then, we're going to work with the reminder. The urgency with Peter concerning this ministry was because he knew he had to repeatedly awaken them from their sleep, to challenge them, to inspire them, to motivate them by a word from God. And so that will be our objective as well. By the time I move out of this temporary dwelling, <clears throat> or we finish this epistle, we should not only know fully these Seven basic mechanics. But we should be actively involved in doing them, in growing them, in developing them. Fully develop each of these areas. But of course, it all begins at salvation. The Bible says, "...for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and the wages of sin is death." But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The Bible says, With the heart man believeth unto righteousness, but with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So bear with me. We'll continue to remind you, and myself as well, of God's plan and how we are to carry that out.